Amen. The holiness of God, He's perfect in every way. He's without sin, He's without blemish. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. He's perfect, and, and there's, within Him there is absolutely no sin. And on the other hand, we are imperfect. We are, are made of flesh. We, myself and many others, are made of mistakes, aren't we? And so how, how do we measure up? How can we measure up to a holy, perfect God? And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about God's faithfulness and His goodness and His love, but primarily today, God and His holiness. Holiness of God. I think maybe, um, let's just start with, in, in, in your notes on your bulletin, if you have a copy, if not, if you look on beside somebody else that does have a copy, there's so much, again, there's so much material that we're giving you. There's no way I can cover it in, in 30 minutes. So we're going to skip past a lot of this, and it's, um, it's there for you to study and look at at home. And I encourage you, please, to do that, because um, I don't, understand, don't know if you understand, but just try, I, I've, I've said it before, but trying to tell you about God is trying to take the ocean and put him in, it, it in a teacup. It's, it's impossible to do. And this, God is so amazing. He's so perfect and holy. There's no way we can, can adequately describe him or, or teach you about him. But we're just trying to give you a little taste to, to create a hunger so that you can dig deeper and study more and, 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 and look into things on your own. And even then, even then, you're just going to begin to just get a small glimpse of who God is. But we, we want to help you make that, that journey. So, uh, again, many of these notes we're not going to go over to, today, but th- they're here for you. <clears throat> has a few definitions of holiness and a few quotes about holiness. But I think perhaps the best one is just the Word of God itself. In, in Exodus fifteen eleven, it says here in the middle of the page, it says, Who among you, among the gods, is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, quirking wonders? We should be it in awe and in amazement at who God is. And in our scripture text in Isaiah, I'm going to read some of this to you. This is Isaiah as he, chapter 6 and Verse 1, it says, In the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. This is Isaiah speaking. I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphims, or angels, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face with Two, they cover their feet, and two, they were flying. And they were coming to one another, or, or excuse, excuse me, calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound 
of the voices, the doorpost, and the threshing post shook. The temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah said, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. The one, uh, then one of the seraphims flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the throng, the tong, with tongs with, uh, from the altar. Let's stop there for just a moment. Again, this is Isaiah speaking. And he's saying, God is high and exalted. And, and whenever he, in this vision, was, he saw God, he was so amazed and so, uh, so dumbfounded and so scared. He just said, oh, I'm, you're so perfect and I'm so filthy and unclean. Now, Isaiah was probably, as you heard in Sunday school, was probably the most holy, the most righteous person of his day. And even he said, oh, I'm undone. I'm dirty. I'm filthy. I'm not worthy. Because God is so perfect. And even the best human is so imperfect. There's no way we can measure up. It's, he's, God is high and exalted. It's like if, if God is, 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 you know, we really can't measure him. But just for the sake of illustration, just for our human minds, we're going to try to just... God is like God's over here on the side. And you and I way over here on this side. God's holy and perfect, and we're imperfect, and we're unholy. Even the most holy person of the day said, Oh, I'm undone, I'm filthy, I'm unclean, and I live amongst the people that's filthy and unclean and unworthy. Perfect and holy, perfectly unworthy over here as us. But the Bible tells us that this loving God has called us to be holy, has called us to be like Him. How is that even possible? We'll speak about that in a few moments, but look, look, look at um, this. This scripture I'm going to give you here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, he's speaking to, to believers. He's speaking to born-again Christians. He's speaking to people that has been redeemed. And, 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 and he says that whenever you be, are born again, it means born from above. It means that he put his spirit inside of you. Whenever you, whenever you say, God, I know you're perfect. You know you're holy. And I'm not worthy. But God, I want a relationship with you. 
I turn from my sins. I confess my sins and I call on you. He says that he places his spirit. We're born from above. He places his spirit inside of us. And now he says that your body is the dwelling place, the temple of the Holy Spirit. You get that? He says that we've been purchased with the blood of Christ. We're not, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to him. And now he's dwelling in us because of that. The Bible says we have the holiness of Christ. To the point that he says that you, you you have the capability of being holy. You have have holiness, and you can't even live holy. Therefore, we are to honor God. This holy, this perfect God now lives within us. We are his dwelling place. I've got a quick video I want to show you, and let's just... Just watch this video before we go any further. Long ago, there was a good and mighty king who ruled a great land. All the citizens of the land hoped one day they could meet the king to receive his blessing and favor. But it had been decreed that no one would be allowed in his presence unless they proved themselves worthy, for the king was high and holy. To be invited to meet the king required that each man had to pass a test. One day a messenger arrived to remind the people of the king's decree. To prove yourself worthy, you must shoot an arrow across the river and strike my target perfectly in its center. Many in the land believed the test would be easy, but the target stood far, far across the river almost further than the eye could see. The truth is that no man had ever hit the target except for one man, the king's son, the prince, of whom it was once told had struck it perfectly in its center. Many had tried and failed in years past, but each man continued to believe he would be the one to pass the king's test. Some men thought it was a joke. Others desperately desired to please the king by working hard to hit the target. But again and again, each man failed. Every arrow missed, and none even came close. Then a humble man took up his bow. Like everyone else, he longed to receive the king's blessing. So he raised his bow and drew back his arrow. But soon, he realized he was not worthy to take the shot. He could never, ever reach the target. He was overcome with shame. All he could do was beg the king's mercy and ask for favor he did not deserve. He handed his arrow to the messenger and said, Only the prince can hit the target. I am not worthy, but he is. Would you ask him to hit it for me? And then something amazing happened. The messenger revealed that he was himself the prince. 
and he honored the man for trusting him to pass the test on his behalf. And for his act of humility, he would now receive the king's blessing and favor. What the humble man had realized was what the king wanted every man to know. Let my son pass the test for you, and you will live in my presence forever and ever. And this is the lesson for all of us today. Never forget, God is holy. perfectly holy we're perfectly in unholy what God wants you to do is come to the point that you realize that you can't make it on your own we're, the Bible says that we all fall short we, we all sin we all miss the mark we do we miss we miss the mark we can't hit the target we fall short when you send a son to live a perfect life, a perfectly sinless life, and to die on the cross and to, to offer himself as payment for you and for me. And now whenever we come and we say, God, I realize that I, I'm, I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. I, I, I can't measure up. I'm, I'm unholy. I, 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 there's no way I can be like you. But I trust your son who's done it for me. So I fall on your mercy, I fall on your grace, and I ask for your forgiveness, and I, I, I surrender my life to you. There's three words in, your, in, in the inside of your, your notes. I want us to spend the, some of our time here on this. These words, I've got them on the screen for you as well, Justification. Sanctification, glorification. Uh, Bible says that again. Justification is we're over here, saying, "God, I know you're over there. You're you're holy. You're perfect. There's no way I can get to you. I fall on your mercy, and I ask you for forgiveness of my sins, and I ask you." With, I, I need your son who died for my sins. I, I, I surrender my life to him. I need him. I believe that he is your son. He's the only way to heaven. The Bible says that he sends his son. And his spirit lives in us. It's called Justification. And God now looks at that person, he's justified. Some people say that it's, it's, it's just as if you'd never sinned. Which is not completely perfect, but it, it, it's close. It's just as if you've never sinned. God looks at you and he sees it. Now you're holy. Because why? Because of his son, not because of you. Now we know that someday, glorification, we'll, we'll be with God in heaven. We'll be with God in glory. We'll be with him. We'll be glorified with him. 
You see, he saves us over there from the curse of sin. Saves us from the curse of sin. Over here, someday we'll be in heaven, we'll be saved from the very presence of sin. But in between these two points, after salvation and before we get to heaven, we live in a messed up world. We live in a world that's full of sin. I don't know about you, but I face sin every day. I have to deal with sin. I have to, I, 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 I see sin. It's all around us. It's as Isaiah said, I, I'm unclean and I'm living in amongst a people that's unclean. There's evil and sickness and hate and prejudice and temptations all around us. And sometimes it even affects us. There's no one in here without sin. Oh, we, we may have the Savior. But that doesn't mean, it just means we have the perfect one living in us. But it doesn't mean that we've become perfect yet. We're on, someday we'll be perfect like him, won't we? We'll be glorified. We'll be, have glorification. That, that confuses some people because the Bible talks about salvation in three tenses. And, and it really confuses people. Because <laughs> I said, well, what does that mean? Because the Bible talks about I've been saved, justified. I will be saved from the very presence of sin. Then that middle word, sanctification. I am, the Bible says, I am being saved. Some people say, well, that really confuses me. Am I saved? Am I being saved? Or am I going to be saved? And the answer is yes. <laughs> if you receive Christ as your Savior, you're justified. You're perfect. You're holy. You're, in the eyes of God, you, someday you will be there. Because we live in a sinful world. At this moment, we begin a process of becoming more and more like him. Called sanctified. In fact, the, the word sanctified just means the same thing. It's the same root word as holy. <laughs> he is sanctified. He is, he is completely set aside. He's completely set apart. He, he's completely different and unique. But we begin the process of getting the junk out of our life. Uh, our, our friend, Brother Logan at Grace Church, he's starting a series of messages today. Um, he's got a unique um, imagination. He's, he, he's talking about Sanford and Son. And so I'm talking about the junk. And he's talking about getting the junk out of your life. And the junk is temptation and greed and, and I don't know, lust and, and, and fear and, and, and other things. So what we do, we, we, but we, we start this process of, of getting the junk out of our life, getting the stuff and the sin and the hang-ups and the addictions out of our life. Bible calls it sanctification, becoming more and more like him, being transformed into his image, the Bible says, being conformed into his image. This is a lifelong process. Oh, we're always, because of this sanctification, we're, we've been promised heaven, but while we're on this earth, we have a process. Uh, that he wants us to go through becoming more and more like him. Some of us are doing better than others. But no matter how well you do, you never, you, you, this over here is never in jeopardy. I'm his, I'm his child. I've been adopted, bought by the blood, 
paid for. I'm, I'm, uh, heaven is mine. I'm as good as there. I'm just still living on this earth. But I've been born again. I'm a citizen of heaven. And, and, and you, if you've had this process over here, you, you are too. But he wants us. He wants you as his children. He wants you to represent him here on this earth. And he wants you in this process so people can see you. So people can say, hey, I, I want what that person's got. That person seems to be happy. That person seems to, to know who has the answers. Oh, he still struggles and he still sometimes messes up. But there's something about him. You know what it is? There's the Spirit of God in us. And so, um, it's a process. Um, Brother Daniel is going to be preaching next week. And um, I looked ahead at what he's going to be talking about. One of the, th- one of the statements that is, uh, I think, in the notes next week is this. A new life will always demand a new lifestyle. A new life will always demand a new lifestyle. I thought, man, that's good. I'm going I'm, I'm to steal it, and he can still use it next week. But because it goes along with this holiness theme as well as next week's message. So what does that mean for us? On the back of your notes, there's two blanks for you to fill in. The first thing that it means for us is that it, it is a decision we make. It's a decision we make. He, he, he's told us that he, hey, he, he's perfectly holy without sin. You're not. So he's told you, he says, hey, you have a decision to make. The first decision is this, that you have to surrender your life to him so that you can be justified. So that he can, he, what he's done for you can be applied to your account. Now when God looks at you, he sees the holiness of Christ in you. And it's just as if you've never sinned and you get the benefits of someday being in heaven because you're, you've been adopted by the Son. And then we have to make a daily decision. We have to make a daily decision to pick up our cross and be, follow him. Be conformed and transformed to his image. And it's a daily struggle. It's a daily process. Temptation still comes. Sin still comes. Struggle still comes. But it's a daily process that we have to say, God, I'm sorry. I, I blew it again. Father, I know that probably hurts you whenever I said that. I know that I, I know I probably look like a hypocrite to most people. God, you know my heart. You know that I want to please you. And God, I'm trying. But he understands none of us are perfect until we get to glorification, until we get to heaven. Until then, we're struggling. We're being sanctified. Sometimes maybe we, we mess up really bad and we go backwards a little bit, you know? But we say, God, I'm sorry. I know that, I, I know I still belong to you. I know maybe I'm out of fellowship with you right now. I'm, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And we start trying to do better again. But it, it, this is a process here. It doesn't, it, it's not... It, your salvation is secure over here, okay? You're his, that will never change. You've got heaven as your home, that will never change. But it is a process that we make. Look at this scripture with me. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. And without holiness, no one will 
see the Lord. Make every effort to live in peace and make every effort to, to be holy. And without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, who, 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 who's perfectly holy? Who's perfect and holy in every way? God. Not us. But whenever we come to Christ, then he puts the spirit of Christ. He puts, he puts God's Holy Spirit in us. And now we're, remember what it said, that we're, we're his dwelling place? So someday we're promised that we'll see God. How many of you on this earth, you, you want to kind of get a glimpse like the way Isaiah did? You want to kind of experience him like you did in worship and you just feel like, oh, thank you, God. Unless we're pursuing him in this process, we're not going to experience him. So it's a decision that you have to make. You have to decide that, that you, you want more of him. You have to decide, first of all, that you're, you're unholy, that you need him as Savior, and then that you want him in the daily activities of your life is a decision. It's a process that we have to step into. I mean, the Bible tells us things like, be holy, be transformed, be conformed to his image, to seek him, to love him with all of our heart, to obey him. We have a choice. We have a decision to make. He's not forcing himself on you. We have to decide to to follow him at salvation. We have to decide to follow him with just surrendering our life to him, saying, God, I, I, I want you to be not just my Savior, but I want you to be the Lord of my life. You're in control. You call the shots. You, you put the thoughts in my mind. Not only that, but also it's a command that we obey. A command we obey. Hey, this is not an option. This is not, hey, if you want me, you know, hey, it, 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 there's different roads to heaven. You know, if you want me, you can go this way. You can go that. No, 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 there's not. The Bible says there's one way to heaven. And if that's not politically correct, I'm sorry, but it's biblically correct. There's one way to heaven, one way, not, one, not many ways. There's one God, there's one Savior, one, one way. And without him, you will never see heaven. Without him, you'll be separated forever, eternally lost, and eternally doomed. There's one way. It's a command. It's also a promise. I mean, he's promised that if you don't, Receive me, you'll be cast away from me for eternity. God always makes good on his promises. So it's a command we must, we must decide. And not only that, but in this process of sanctification, becoming more and more like him, being conformed to his image, it's a command. You know, after salvation, he, he's not just saving you from hell. He's not just your little sugar daddy and he's just going to, you know, oh, I'm your, I'm the good man upstairs. No, no. He's not some heavenly Santa Claus. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to be your heavenly father. He wants to be your best friend. He, he wants you to grow to love him more and more. And it's a command that we, 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 we have to make that decision. We want to be in daily fellowship with him. Think about these scriptures with me real quick. Just that that last part. He says, very last line, be holy because I am holy. 
Be holy because I'm holy. Because hey, the Holy One lives in you. He's take up residence in you. you His dwelling place. Start acting like it. Start living like it. That's what he's saying. I mean, you do have decisions to make. Start letting him have control. Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For the God will judge the adulterer and all sexual immorality. It is a decision that we make. And he's telling us that we have a decision to be pure and holy. And he's commanding you over and over again in Scripture. He's telling you it's not an option. Christian, it's not an option. The Holy One of Heaven is living inside of you. And you're living in disobedience when you don't, um, when you don't take that in consideration, when you don't strive to live like him. So how can I do that, preacher? Starts over here with you surrendering your life to him, becoming justified. And knowing, knowing that someday that you've got heaven, you've got heaven waiting on you. It's there, it's promised to you. It's not going to be taken away from you. Even if you never move from this spot, even if you never grow in Christ, if you, even if you never enjoy the blessings of him, you've got the promise of heaven. You see, he's left you here on earth so that you can begin that process of becoming more and more like him. So that whenever you get to heaven, the Bible says you be conformed to his image, you look more like him. Someday I'll be conformed and I'll have a new sanctified body, but I, I want a spirit to begin working on it now. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to be pleasing to the one that saved me. And growing up, I always wanted to please daddy. I still, I want to please my heavenly daddy today. That's his process. So I don't know where you're at in your process, but during the invitation time, uh, if you need help with some of this, Maybe you're struggling and you want someone to struggle with you. I'll pray with you and I'll, I'll join you. But maybe you've never experienced him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him and you've never been saved. And you, you need to do that for the very first time. You need to do that today. I'll be here. Our staff will be here to help you with that. We've got men and women across the room that will help you with that. Maybe you're worried about, do I really know that I really know that that heaven is going to be my home someday. We can help you with that. Father, thank you for today. We love you and praise you. Thank you, Father, for your, your forgiveness. Thank you, God, for your holiness, God. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy and your compassion. And Father, I pray that we may remember that you've promised that we call upon your name, that we will be saved. Father, you also promise that those that do not call upon your name, they will forever be separated from you. Father, because you're holy and you're perfect and you're completely light and there's no darkness in you and you can't allow darkness into your, your home either. So, Father, it's our responsibility today to 
allow your light to shine in us. If there's people here that are struggling with that and that's confused about that, I pray your spirit may speak to them. God, if there's other people that are struggling in other areas, or, God, they just need encouragement. I pray they may come to the altar and pray. Maybe they, they're praying for somebody who needs you. Father, I pray that we may be faithful. God, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing and worship him together.